So I want to thank the, uh, the sponsors also, and the Panosim of the month was always helping, and to thank Natalie and the rest of the Chavra. There's a lot to talk about. We're traveling through these parashiyas, and Hashem Yisbach wanted us to travel through this time in the history of Am Yisrael that we're part of, Davka now, through these parashiyas of the Avos, of the Imahos. And every single one of you knows, every single one of you knows that when learning these parashiyas of our fathers, our mothers, of the Shvatim, there's a klal, Ramban brings it in a number of places, it really comes from Chazal, in the Medrashtan Chuma, Ma'ase Ovis Simulavonim. Ma'ase Ovis Simulavonim, that everything that happened to our Ovis and our Imahos is a Simon Laban. Now, a Simon means a sign, and may, many people misunderstand that and interpret it literally that it's just some sort of a sign foretelling what's going to be in the future. Or sometimes you'll hear it explained that we learn from the Maisi Ovis. Of course, all that's true. But that's not the deeper meaning of Maisi Ovis and Laban. The Lashnat Chazal use when speaking of this cloud. Chazal tell us that Akashbahu said to Avram Avinu, say ukvaish haderach lefnebanecha. Say ukvosh aderach lefnei benecha means go and conquer, carve out a path for your children, for your grandchildren to the end of time. Which means that it's not just a matter of foretelling what's going to be or teaching us how to behave in the future. Every single step that our fathers and our mothers took, every single breath, every single tefillah, every single word of their davening, was a kibush, was a conquest, was bringing us to where we have to go. Not just a sim and a sign, a kibush, a conquest. What's happening right now, as we speak, what's happening right now in Etzisro, there was a kibush aderach long ago to pave that path towards returning to every single part of Etzisro. To sing Yeshua Bez Hashem. So, I want to talk about a very strange Maise Avis that has gone with us through these past couple of parashiyas. I think it's safe to say that of all of the Maise Avis, it's probably the most difficult to explain. takes place three times in the story of Avmovino and Sarimenu, twice, and then with Yitzhak Avinu and Rivki Menu once. Vihirav Baaretz, Vayerudav Ramitzraima, Logosham, there was a famine, and Avmovino had to go down to Mitzrayim because of this Rav. And as Avram Avinu and Sarai Avinu were approaching Mitzrayim. V'yom el Sarai Ishto, Avram Avinu said to Sarai Avinu, Hinei no yadati ki yishe fasmara'at, I know that you're very beautiful. V'hoi ki yiro sacha mitzvimit, and when the Egyptians are going to see you, v'amru ishto izais, and they're going to assume that you're my wife. V'hogu oisi v'oisachi yichayu, they're going to kill me, and they're going to take you. Imrina chaisi'at, so Avram Vino, the last thing before entering into Mitzrayim, Avram Vino asks his wife to pretend that she's his sister. So that we, I will be able to live and that we will be able to continue on. This happened again with Sarah and Avimelech. 
the same ruse, the same production. That Sarimena would pretend that she is Avrambina's sister. And then we get to the Palestinians. Yitzhak and Rivki Menu are in Gwar, which is by Aza, by the Plishtim, by the original Palestinians. And Vayesh had Yitzhak Begwar, and they were living in Gwar. They came to Gwar, Yishalu Anshe Amokam And the men of that place were looking after his, they wanted his wife. Here we have again that Yitzhak now claims that Rivka is not his wife, but his sister. Because the people are going to kill him because of Rivka. Because she's so beautiful. So we need to, tr- to understand at our level. We're talking about our mothers, the wives of the others being taken as hostages. That's what we're talking about. And it seems that the others are not only cooperating, but they're involved in this strange in this in this strange deception of Imrina of having their wives pretend that they're they're really sisters, their sisters. So we need to understand, how is that possible? What does that mean? And if we believe, as we must, that that everything that happened to our fathers and our mothers is foretelling the future, on the most basic level, but more than that, is paving a path for us to make it all the way till Mashiach, to, to fight through Golis. And bring us to Yerushalayim. What's the kibush haderach? What conquest is there in having your wife pretend that she's your sister? Three times. And the Torah doesn't report every single thing in the lives of the others named Moses. They lived for many years. We only know a few things. So if the Torah has chosen to report these mice others of our mothers being taken as hostages, Ki'ilu, they're the sisters of the others. It must be a beginning. It must be a kibush aderach. So, there's a very famous maral that you have in front of you. In Natsach Yisrael Perkiralus, on top of that page. We'll read a little bit. Maral is responding to a very, very basic question, as you'll see in a minute. But just by way of Hagdama. After telling us that at the end of Pashas Noach that there's a person called Avram that exists in the world, we, all we know is that he was born. The next thing we know is that he's already he's already much older. He's already 75 years old. And Hashem tells him, Lech Lecha. Hashem tells him to leave to leave this place and go to to go to the place that I'm going to show you. So, the question is What exactly took place in this person's life that made him worthy to be chosen as the father of Amisa? Who is he? What's his history? What did he do? What are his credentials? What are his qualifications? Chazal have revealed to us that he went through quite a bit in his, in, in his hometown. He went through quite a bit and he he was prepared to die al-Kiddush Hashem. He was thrown into, into Kivshon Haish, into a furnace, to die al-Kiddush Hashem, and he came out with an ace. Chazal tell us, Chazal tell us about Avravinu smashing the idols of his father. Every child in, in Chedim in school knows that. That Avravinu began a revolution of belief in Hashem. He had a very impressive career and a very beautiful resume that we would have expected to have been at least partially, I'm sorry that for those who are standing there, bringing some chairs to the next room, sorry. 
that we would we there's some chairs here also. Come 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 come. No one's watching. We're all closing our eyes. That that we would have expected that the that the Torah would have given us a little bit, a little bit of biographical information. What's the schusim that this person had? Sof kosof. So this is the morale's this is the morale's question. Look inside. It's important to see these words. I will take a look inside. Moral says that the Bechira, this choice of Avram Avinu, was not due to his personal qualifications or credentials, because Hashem's choice was not just about this individual. It wasn't about this person. But rather, Hashem had for reasons that are not known to us, we have in the Zohar, we have in Chazal, there's much written on this, but ultimately there was a there was a thought that Hashem had when He created all worlds, that He would have this nation called Am Yisrael. And whatever was going to be, that that tachas that Hashem had in creation was going to take place through this nation of Am Yisrael. So the choice was not just of Avram Avinu. Oh, he's a really great person. Let's see how it goes with him. We'll start a nation with him. That's not what it was. This was not a Bechira Pratis of the individual. Because when an individual is chosen, it's because of his qualifications. It's because of who he is and how qualified he is for the job. But as it often happens, a person is hired for a job and he doesn't do particularly well. And if his performance is not up to par, he got the job and he can lose the job. If if the choice is made because of that individual's resume, his history, his credentials and qualifications, and he doesn't live up to his own credentials, something goes wrong, then you stand Then everything will change. And this is the answer to the question. How come the Torah reports absolutely nothing about what a great tzaddik he was? The Torah says nothing about his qualifications. Nothing about this, that he was a tzaddik. I know it says. Such a nice thing. No, he's tzaddik. This is all the good things. Avramavina was much bigger than Noach. It doesn't say anything about Avramavina. Why? Shimkach, Hayamash, Moshekach, Niklavakajbaruchu. Because then we would think of the reason that he was chosen, the reason that he was chosen to be sent to Israel to start this whole project of Lech Lecha and so on. We would think it's because of that schus that he was at Sadiq. And because of the good things that he did. Which would mean that God's love, Hashem's love of Avraham Avinu and the choice was an Ahava Tli which you're familiar with from Pekka others, right? Ahava Tli means that it's a love that's dependent upon qualifications, credentials, resume, performance, As the Mishnah says, whenever we're talking about a love that is dependent upon Aleph, Bez, or Gimel, if Aleph or Bez or Gimel, if something goes wrong, then Batlava. Then the Ahava. Is finished and the love is gone. And you get fired. Whenever there's a choice because of that individual's uh, qualifications, that's always subject to change. That's not that's not what we're talking about over here. Here we're talking about a choice that I shall made that's called Am Yisrael. 
And that's why the Torah does not say anything about all the good stuff he was doing. What a kind of what kind of a great tzaddik he was. So we should we mustn't think that the reason that Hashem undertook this whole thing that's called creation, creation, and I'm yourself, is because he's really good. What a tzaddik he is. Because then, in bottled over, bottled out, things change. And if things change, so then what? Hashem's plan is fafal? There's nothing. Kishchus avis, after she tom. Kishchus avis, it can run out. Him can't hear Bechir Azay, Shabbat, Avram, bottle. In which case, the choice of the tzaddik, listen, Avram Avinu has, has had many descendants. And I'm one of them. We're not tzaddikim. We're not tzaddikim. We tried, but they're not tzaddikim. And some are the opposite of tzaddikim. Without saying an nasty word. But the opposite of tzaddikim. Lachin lo hiskes schus. So therefore the Barshal, the Torah does get into the whole inyan of schusim, of merits, milas, madregas, doesn't get into the whole business. Because this Bechira, this choice that Hashem had, He made, goes to His infinite mind, which we don't understand. And it's not a matter of, I like what you're doing, I like the way you, do, I like the way you, you conduct your, your life. You know what? Let's, let's, let's try this. That's not, that's not the story of, of the world. Because because Hashem's will and His desire to create Am Yisrael and the world that would depend on Am Yisrael can never ever be bottled, ever. As much as our enemies have tried to put an end to it, they've never been able to and they can not do that. Netzach Yisrael lo yishaki. It can't be. All the other nations, but it cannot be. Am Yisrael can never ever be destroyed. There's no such thing. Either by our enemies or Khalila to self-destroy. To destruct to destroy ourselves. It can't be. So the Maral Aleph, this this is a very, very big issue. The Maral is telling us. The fact that Avram Vinu in his in the early part of his life jumped into the furnace and he was smashing down idols and he had his tent open and every single arts and crafts project of all the kids. He did all that stuff, none of it's in the Torah, right? Except you get to Vayer and he's sitting by the tent by Pasha's Vayer. But all the all the, the Gishmaki things that he was doing before, the Torah doesn't doesn't tell us at all. Because the Yesoid, the Shirish, the the foundation, the root of Amisel's existence and the existence of each and every individual Jew, every single Jew who ever lived, the Yesoid and the Shirish of that existence. And the relationship that every single Jew on earth has with Aleph, HaKadosh Baruch Beis, with the Torah, and Gimel, with Eretz Yisrael, that relationship is not subject to changes. It's not a matter of moods or whims or this one's behavior or that one's behavior. There's a certain schooler that Am Yisrael is called an Am Segula, that Hashem why Hashem did this again? To have made this choice of Am Yisrael, that's that comes from a, 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 a madrega that we don't understand. It's called in the Sfarim, you know, Reish Adol Yisiada, Hashem's unknowable way of doing things and the way of thinking. So now let's go back to the strange Maisi Avis of our mothers pretending that they're sisters, and not only that, but but Avram and Avram and Yitzchak, you know, the ones who initiate this. This whole game, this performance of of uh, So, I'll begin by by sharing with you a Rosh Tavis that I once saw. I don't remember where I saw it, but I once saw that the word Achosi, my sister, Aleph Chesvav Sof Yud, Achosi is the Rosh Tavis El Chai Vekayim Tamid Yimloich, which we say by the Baruch of Mar. Kelchai Vikayam Tamid Yimloich. Hashem is alive. Kelchai Vikayam and forever. 
Tamid Yimur. And his Malchus is forever. Over us, over Amis. So the word achosi is aleph lamed is aleph lamed kel chay v'kayim tamid yimloch is achosi. See here we have a teaching, although he does not bring this vashetayus, these uh, this that I just shared with you. I don't remember where I first saw that. He doesn't bring that. But the the Rebbe Reb Geshen Hanuch Radzin. The, he's famous for many things. He was a huge, huge guy in Erlem. He's famous for the, he's called the Balat Chelis. He was the one that went and found the Chelis and the whole parish of the Chelis of the Tzitzis. So he's the, he's the author of the, of the Svarim Said Yisharim. So before we learn it inside, I'll give you a little bit of Akdama to what Rabbi Gershon Hanuk says. He explains that there are two types of love in the world. There are two types of Ahav. We find this in many Swam, Chabad Swam, many Swam talk about this. There are two types of Ahava. One Ahava is Ahava of an Ish Isha. It's the romantic love of husband, wife, Chas and Kala. That's one type of Ahava, which he calls Ahava Bemikre. Ahava Bemikre means that they're not blood relatives, they're not, uh, they were introduced, or they met, whatever. And the Kesher, the connection between them, is a matter of choice. So for whatever reason, or, or used to be more the parents' choice, but they had to agree. <laughs> but the kids had to also agree. But, it's, but it, it was a matter of choice. It's a matter of choice. In more modern times, so they spend a little time together, sometimes too much time together, dating, and to get to know each other, the Milas, the Midas, to, to see in each other, and, and to make a decision, to make a decision that this is, this is what we want to do. We want to move ahead with our lives, and we would like to get married. That's one type of Ahava. Ahava is Ish V'Isha. The other type of love is called Ach V'Achais, a brother and a sister. Davka, but we'll see in the Paskin Shir that these are the two types of love that are the that are the models to husband, wife, Aleph, and brother and sister. Here, we're talking about an Ahava that's Be'etzim. Be'etzim means it's essential to their existence. That's how they came to the world. Whether they came as twins or they came in the one after the other, but the the mitzvah is that that it's nahava b'toloda b'toloda by birth. So many brothers and sisters are constantly fighting with each other. So I, uh, I never chose you. I never wanted you. I never wanted you. I never wanted you. And the answer is, it's too bad. That's the mitzvah. It wasn't a matter of choice. Kashmaru made such an Indian in the world that uh, that we're brother and sister. Hashem made such an Indian in the world. Now, the first love of Ish Ish, of husband and wife, romantic love, there's choice. Obviously, wherever there's choice, with this choice, there's going to be more passion, there's going to be more intensity, there's going to be more of a feeling of investment and so on. That's natural, because it's because you are the you are Baal Bechira. And, and much comes with that Bechira. There's a very big difference with a person, let's say, who chooses to learn Torah, somebody who was forced to learn Torah. It's a very big difference with somebody who chooses to be religious. And any, we've all watched the and been inspired by Baal you know, and in a certain way, we're envious of them because they made that choice. They're envious of us because you're from from birth, and everybody in your family and all that is so so nice. And I don't have any religious relatives or any Jewish relatives or whatever. But we look at them and we say, wow, you know, you, you, you made that choice. Therefore, the Bali Tshuva, you know, we watch how they dive and we watch the choices that they make. It's all because of, of the original choice that they made to, be, to, to, to keep their emissions. So where there's choice, there's going to be naturally, there's going to be more feeling, more emotion, more investment, and so on. But at the same time, we have to remember mm-hmm. that the same way that they, that they chose to get married, the Torah gave them also uh, an exit 
plan, if chalila, chalila, if need be, there's a way out. They chose to get married, and they can choose to end the marriage. Because the entire relationship is a matter of bechir of choice. So on the one hand, as far as the emotions are concerned, that relationship of, of husband and wife is very, very powerful. But it is missing the quality of tamid yimloch. You understand? Or permanent malchus. Slavdavka. Since it was a matter of personal choice, people changed their, their opinions. Just like when someone was hired for the job. Like we spoke about a few minutes ago, the Maral. It's based upon based upon choice, individual choice, performance, credentials, So then if things don't work out, so it's the end. So they, they can they can terminate their relationship. But the second relationship that's called Ach Vaachos, a brother and a sister, of course it's the same thing with sisters brothers, but that familial relationship, siblings, ach v'achais, it's yitzira elokis. It's something that God created. We don't know why. We don't know why he created the, these two. But he created a brother and a sister. He created something comes to the Barnishlam. He created something. as a result of it being somebody else's choice, the creators. So it often lacks, normally lacks that kind of emotion. There's love, but it lacks that kind of emotion. It's the Yitzhira that I saw, somebody else made this. But it has the, it has that, that quality of what? Kelchai v'kayim tamidim. It's chai v'kayim. It lives forever. There's no divorce between a brother and a sister. They might not talk to each other. That's, that's terrible. That's a tragedy. But that's not a divorce. Brother and sister is permanent. Thus is thus. That's it. All of this is alluded to in the Apostle of Shir in the fifth parak. I am asleep and my heart is awake. The voice of my beloved is knocking. Pischili achosi rayosi samasi. Open up for me, Achosi Rayosi, my sister, my beloved, my companion, meaning my sister, my bride. You see in Shirashim. Koldo Didofek. Hashem is knocking on the on the door of every Jewish heart. I hear the voice of my beloved knocking. And what's Hashem is saying to each one of us? Pishili Achosi Rayosi. So I'm asking is my Perfect one, a beautiful one. Pischili achosi rayosi. I want you to let me in, my sister, my bride. Achosi rayosi. Now let's let's read together quickly. Rav Geshen Hanuch inside. The Rav Baruch Vayelach Avram Mitzrayim Vayermel Asar Yishtav Vchulei Imrina Achosi Ad. Isi b'Medrash. Ma'isi Avisim Lebanim. Gam Halichosel Mitzrayim Hayu Avur Tevez Yisrael. Every step that Avraham Avinu, that's how we began. Every single step that Avraham Avinu took in Mitzrayim was to bring his descendants through all future Mitzrayims, through our Golas, to bring us to Yushalayim, through any individual personal Jew that's going through his or her personal Golas. Every single thing that happened with the Ovis is for us. It's a conquest for us. Now, Avram Avinu knew that he was going down for the first time that he was going down into Mitzrayim. Mitzrayim means the root of all exile is Mitzrayim, is Egypt. It's the most disgusting, dark, miserable place. It's the root of all Goliaths. Mitzrayim is called Ervas Har. It's the biggest tomb in the world is Mitzrayim. And Avram Avinu knew that he was now descending into a place where Hashem is very, very hidden, very concealed. And he knew that that meant that his children and grandchildren and great-grandchildren to the end of time are going to be traveling through such places and spending many years living in places like Poland and Germany and Yemen and Morocco and Hungary and all over, and New York. And he knew that. 
I don't even know that. And all he wanted was to was to be able to find a path, to carve out a path that that would that would guarantee that while we are going to be in these dark places, we'll have the ability to hold on to some light. Hanukkah. We'll be able to hold on to, to light. We'll have some light in those difficult places. So we'll be able to continue to exist, to be chai v'kayim. And that tamid yimloch, that we should always have a connection to Hashem's birth, even in these terrible places that we're going to be going through. So what did he, what did he do? Of course, this is all Hashgach Hashem, how it came about. Avram Yitzchak had not criticized at all for this uh, whole show of Imunach Hosiyat. It was all what Hashem wanted. What was that? So before they go into Mitzrayim, as they're going to cross the border into Mitzrayim, he says, I want my wife, you, my wife, to pose as my sister. I want you to pretend that you're my sister. The hint over here, the secret over here is, because there are two types of love in the world. The love of a, of a husband and wife is Ahavimikris, as I explained. They, they met. They didn't have to meet. Somebody introduced them, but they met. And they made this choice. It's nice. Beautiful. That's one type of Ahava. V'yesh Ahava betalada. But then there's another Ahava that's created. It was not a matter of choice. V'ahavis ach ve'achos. And that's the love of a brother and sister. And this is, in our lives, a representation, a manifestation of the two types of relationship that the Jewish people have with Hashem and that every Jew has with Hashem. Ahavimikris. First is Ahavimikris, the choices that we make. I want to go to shul today, I don't want to go to shul today. I want to. I want to, to to keep Shabbos. I don't want to keep Shabbos. I I, uh, I I'm not supposed to do this avera, but I God forbid I choose to do this avera. All of all of that is in the category of ish veisha. Who is sibas ha'avaydes v'abirum she'soivum yisrael abur kvayt And all the wonderful things that you and I do in this romantic relationship that we have with Hashem, that we give up so many things in our lives, as it is in a loving relationship of a husband and wife, that each one gives up so much because of our love of Hashem and to give honor and glory to HaKadosh Baruch Hu. All of our mitzvahs, all the things that we don't do because of Hashem, and the things that we do because of Hashem, these are choices that we make. No one's telling, we don't have to. I mean, no one's forcing us to we'll do whatever we want. But that's not the extent of our relationship with Hashem. And that goes back to the morale. That's why the relationship does not begin with marriage. Avram Avinu, we're not told anything about any romance between Hashem and Avram Avinu. Anything about uh, some wonderful things that he did that Hashem would have fallen in love with him over. That, oh, wow, you're, you're Givaldic. I love you. I, I want to hire you. I want to marry you to be, you know, the 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 uh, this new nation that I want to create, uh, that I want to have. We don't see that at all, because there's not have because the ahava is ahava betalada. Amisha was created. We have this union with Hashem, that's not a matter of divorce. It's not up for divorce. There can't be any end to it. It's indestructible. It's, it's called an Ahava Betaladim. It's brother and sister. Achaisi. Achaisi. Kelchai Vikayim Tomid You can scream that you're not a Jew and you can go, God forbid, and you can dip yourself in the water and you can go to Mecca and you can do anything that you, that you want with all the wrong choices that, that you would make in your life. You can make every bad choice. You could choose to do every chalila, every avera in the world. And at the end of the day, 
you're still his sister. You're still Achayisi Rayasi. Husha Hemishurish Atzmusi is born. Because Amisol comes, the words are amazing words. Shur Mishurish Atzmusi, we come from his essence. We come from the same cut. That's what it is. This is what this is what makes the whole world crazy. This is why right now Jewish kids can't can't uh, can't walk around in, in Colombia and in NYU. Why they're afraid? Why they're afraid to to, to this is why not the all the shaker. This is why. This is why the whole world doesn't fagin the Jews to have a tiny sliver of land in the whole world that they don't fagin us because of this. The choice is not a matter of what he did for us, what we did for him, just like with Avramavino. It's without Bechira. It is what it is. Thus is thus. Hashem created it. Now, the Rebbe says over here, I'm not going to go through the whole piece. The Rebbe says, Rebbe Gershon says, you have to be very careful because one could easily just rely upon that. You know, sometimes brothers and sisters can be pretty nasty to each other. Because the feeling is, oh, look, you know, it'll be all right. You know, she'll, she'll get over it. So you can do anything you want to your sister. You do anything you want to your brother, because he'll get over it, she'll get over it. So that's why he says, you have to be very, very careful. Because a Jew could say to himself, look, we have this Indian, me and God. So, if I'm a Chal Shabbos, I eat some tarifas, well, what's going to happen? Sof kosof. We'll make it to the end together. Because we're, you know, brothers and sisters. So you have to be very careful. You know, we have to awaken the love. We have to do everything we can through our learning, our davening, our mitzvahs, to awaken the romantic love, the passion of Yiddishkeit, the the husband and wife Yiddishkeit. In That's ani yishen of libi. I called all the dayfeg. Pischil achoisi rayasi. Mozeksiv ish ki kaches achoisi chesed hu. Without going into that now, it's a very deep thing. He just throws in there in that sentence. The Torah describes an incestuous relationship between a brother and a sister as chesed. As a, as here, the word chesed means something which is the, which is a disgrace, which is disgusting. Which, what the Rebbe is saying is that you can't rely upon that relationship, a brother and a sister, to sit back and do nothing with your Yiddishkeit and not care about the relationship with Hashem because we have this uh, bond, this uh, blood relationship. That's that's. Uh, so that's something which is uh, not acceptable. So, what the Rebbe, what the Rebbe is explaining is that the moment that Avraham Avinu and Sarah were descending into that place of Hestapana, which means the Jewish people in the future going into all of these places, and and any individual Jew going into any difficult and dark place. So even though as a result of our experiences in Golas, we have often failed as being the most faithful wife, we have often failed in that area, and oftentimes the romance is missing between a Jew and a Kashbaruch, and the davening is that the mitzvahs are not going so great, and sometimes there are some wrong choices that lead even to various and so on. And it's the same thing that's happened between one Jew and another Jew. And we saw this in the most horrible way right before the Almaisa happened by Simplistar. We saw what was going on, especially in Israel. That was crazy. Akedekarta on Yom Kippur itself. They were in Tel Aviv, Jews that were screaming at other Jews who were davening in Yom Kippur. Akedekarta, things that were going on right before the Maisa of October 7th of Simplistar. Brothers and sisters who couldn't stand each other, who couldn't see that they had anything in common, who were not looking in the depths of that mitzvah that God created that's called Am Yisrael, that you're my brother, you're my sister. And on the level of romance, all romance was lost. Because these two groups, broadly speaking, were making entirely different choices with their lives. You have Jews that are choosing to learn Torah and keep mitzvahs, you have Jews that are that are choosing to, to to go against every mitzvah, to do every avera in Tel Aviv, in Elat, in Haifa, in Atanya, Ramadan, every choice, and all over the world. 
Jews are making those choices. Jews who are choosing not to be Jews. So in that relationship that's called Ishvish, a husband and wife, things were collapsing, things were falling apart. Choices, very, very, very big differences. I can't, we not able to see eye to eye. And they weren't looking upon that deeper reality that's unbreakable. That, that unbreakable reality that's called Achosi, my sister. The Jews are brothers and sisters. So in what was happening was that in that world of Ishvish, of husband and wife, for thousands of years, we have not been seeing eye to eye with each other. We have not been seeing eye to eye with the Kaddish Baruch. Many Jews have left Yiddishkeit. Many Jews are sick and tired of other Jews and are angry and on both sides. I'm not just uh, on both sides. Critical of each other and hateful and so on. All these terrible things. And over the years of Golas, much of the romance has been damaged between us and Hashem. The marriage between the Jewish people and Hashem and the marriage between Jews and other Jews. A lot of that has been terribly, terribly damaged and infected by, by what's happened to us in Golas. So Avravinu anticipated all of this. Avravinu saw all of this. So he turns to his wife, his wife, who was the beloved of his soul, that the two of them had such a relationship that the Gemara tells us that even after this life, in Marasamach Pela, they're embracing each other. That's how they were found when, when one of the one of the Tanaim went into to, to the Marasamach Pela. The greatest romance in history. But right before going to Mitzrayim, he turns to him and says, I want you to say that you're my sister. Now to us it seems like that has to do with all the things with the Egyptians and so on and so forth. And, and, and Rabbi Melech. means Amvina wanted to be to pave and conquer a path for his children in the future. His children who are going to have so many unbelievable fights with each other and fights with the Kaddish Baruch Hu. Fights with Hashem Baruch Fights with each other. Unbelievable machlekes. And there are going to be terrible, terrible distance. A terrible distance between one Jew and another Jew. A terrible distance between Jews and Hashem Baruch So what did Hashem bring upon us? What happened to us? The Yishmaeli, the one who was rejected from the family, the outcast. He's related, but it's not a brother and sister. The Yishmaeli fell upon us, the Peradam. And the Peradam brought us suddenly back to 1939 Germany which all of you Americans over here never ever imagined was possible when I say Americans I mean first generation second generation third generation that could never ever be such a thing that every single minute we're hearing about now (laughs) that whatever was in Germany in 1939 we'll go back further earlier in time by the pogroms by Chemeniki by the Inquisition the same like somebody told me, they heard a lot of somebody said, "Welcome to Jewish history." All the, all you know, to the, all the young people out there, welcome to Jewish history. This is you're now, you're now for the first time, you're feeling that you're part of Jewish history. So all of a sudden, the Ishmaeli, the paradigm came upon us. It's a little similar to what happened when we were leaving Mitzrayim, and we're beginning to take things for granted, and. That passion that we had first when we left was sort of, uh, was very quickly, was becoming part of our day-to-day routine. the great love. So we come to we come to, to, to Yamsuf, and, and Hashem all of a sudden brings the enemy back. Paro Hikriv, and Chazal say that Paro Hikriv means, Paro was drawing closer, but Hikriv means he brought us closer to Hashem. And he brought us closer to each other. Because as a result of that, everybody here knows that when we came to Yamsuf, there were angels that had a very strong tiny. Remember what the tiny was? What was it? 
No? What did the Malachim say? The, why should the Egyptians be drowned? Halolo, these are idol worshippers, and these are idol worshippers. For the way that you'll hear now on NBC and CBS and so on, these are murderers, and these are murderers. Right? It's the same thing what Jews are doing in Gaza, and the same thing that that the that the Rishonim were doing when they came, when they visited us and knocked on our doors in 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 uh, in They call moral equivalency, whatever they call it, the Lashon that they, the Lashonis that they use all these Lashonis. So there was such an ingredient that was misurbaik by Yamsuf. And that was the Malachim, there were Malachim that were progressive liberals <laughs> that, that voted for the anti Semite, you know, in, in, in Michigan. And the other and all the other millions of, of anti Semites who are screaming out from the river to the sea. There were Malachim that were like that. And the Malachim said, Halalu Aivdevadazar. Halalu Aivdevadazar. Why are they any different? Why are they any better? In other words, if we're talking about their behavior, their behavior in many ways resembles the behavior of Egyptians. So, what's the big Indian that you have with the Jewish people? They should. Why are the Egyptians dying? Why shouldn't the Jews die? Why, sh- why should anybody die? Why shouldn't everybody die? And you remember, Hashem is Baruch, didn't even respond to the angels. Hashem said to Bnei Yisrael, Hashem, everybody's screaming and davening, and Hashem's book says, what are you hollering? Go. Go, go deep into Aza. Kill every one of the Rishayim. All the Rishayim are going to drown in their own blood in the water of Kriyas Yamsa. And as they're drowning, they're saying, but what about, but what about the report on NBC? And what about moral equivalency? And what about uh, their children and our children also are being killed? And what about all that stuff? I see here the Baruch Shalom laughing. And he says, she's my bride, but she's also my sister. She might not always be the best wife. And sometimes she does things she shouldn't. And I really wish there was more going on between us. There was more there. Yeah, the old passion, the old warmth of Lechtech Acherayba Midbar, Barazla Yazrua, Hashem says. But at the end of the day, the Pasuk says, my Kriyas Yamsuf, tell them to just go, stop, stop davening. Since when do we need to stop davening? Because there's no need to daven. The Zara says that the highest Madrega of Atika Kadisha, the highest thing of the Atika Talian Mulsa, of that ancient, ancient connection was 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 now revealed and Hashem says Hashem yilachem lachem v'atem ta'cherishon Hashem is going to fight this war v'atem ta'cherishon just be silent and go through the war Hashem yilachem lachem v'atem ta'cherishon there's no more and there's no kitrugim the malachim there's nothing to say the kitrugim stop Hashem is about says you, are, you have no idea who these people are to me you don't understand what I have going on with these people and you see this happening now in Israel, and in, on a certain level, everywhere between Jews all over the world, but especially in Israel. Every single clip that we're watching, we're seeing, we're seeing the the chevra that are, are, are from, but the ones that are not from. Everybody's they can't let go of each other. They can't stop hugging each other. My wife showed me one today about this beautiful these these uh, families that there's. The car is giving them packages for Shabbos, saying the Shabbat Shalom, all these cars with people that are not from The soldiers are sitting there, they're all singing, and they're all saying, Ana Hashem Hashiyan, and they're holding each other. Yeah, this one holds the hand over his head because he's not wearing yam, because <laughs> the same people who, who wouldn't look at each other before Shemini Atzeres, who couldn't stand each other, who couldn't, mamish, couldn't have anything to do with each other. Because, because until then, it was all about something's wrong in the marriage. Husband and wife, the Rigas, you know, it's bad. Mamish bad. Husband and wife fighting, it's bad, bad. And then all of a sudden came the Ishmael. Oh, and the Hamas came, 
And here we are back. Here we are back in Europe. 1939, 1940, 41, 42, 43, 45. We're back in Europe. And then an amazing thing happened. All of a sudden, Every Jew was saying to every other Jew, Achi, Achi, my brother. Achoti, my sister. All of a sudden, before Shemini and Sarah, you weren't brothers and sisters. And now everybody's brother and sister. It's real. It's the realest thing in the universe. And even if maybe Miss Shem, everything should end up, we should come home safely, we should only good news. Then they're going to start arguing again. But Let's, let's, uh, the so strong to hold on to this. We're going through a dark time, a difficult time. And, and, and all of a sudden, it became so clear to every Jew, to every single Jew, it became so clear that this is just about our family. And all the fights that we have, it's, it's like crazy stuff in the family. But, Achi, Achoti. That's what the whole rally was about. It's hard to believe there were people who didn't understand that, who couldn't understand that. That's what it was about. Just all different kinds of Jews hanging out together and saying, Zau, Mishpacha Achad. Achi, Achoti. That's it. It wasn't about, it's not about speeches. It's not about, who cares? This speech is <laughs> this speech or that speech. What's the enough Who makes speeches or whatever this and that? Or they, they bring this one to, or to entertain or to sing or to talk. Nobody cares about that. The only thing that the only thing anybody cares about is that as a result of the ancient hatred being unmasked, the ancient love has been unmasked. So, this is all I think about day and night. The ancient <laughs> hatred. My daughter, one of my, my kids said, I don't understand. Where they How could they say these things? How could Western people choose Hamas over... How could that be such a thing? Intelligent normal. It's not about intelligence. Mm-hmm. It's a very mysterious, deep and ancient hatred. Is these parishes. Asa, Yaakov. It's a very, very deep sugi. But with the unmasking of that ancient hatred and babies being put again into an oven, Hashem Yerachem, with that ancient hatred being revived, look what happened. The mysterious ancient love has been revived. That ancient love that, that's called Atika Kabisha of... of my bride, my sister, my bride, my sister, my bride, has been unmasked, has been revealed in the world. And Yom Nakam Belibi Hashem is a day of revenge in his heart. And the day of revenge, the day of reckoning is coming. Because you're messing with Hashem's sister. Even the, even the most difficult brother who could be so nasty to his sister, that's his Indian. But don't mess with my sister. It's already a different Indian altogether. It's something else. And every Jew now feels that. You're messing with my sister. You're messing with my brother. You can't do that. You can't do that. So there's a story that, that I've told sometimes over the years. I told to the Hever, I was in Mexico last week, the Jews over there, this beautiful community, Amish beautiful community. I don't understand everything that they're saying, but they're very, very good. <laughs> <laughs> they don't understand me so much either, but we had, we had a good time. Right. There's a mice with a Hale Gavishna. I'm just going to repeat it. I'm sure that most of you know the story. The Holy Vision there was Purim. People came risking their lives, schlepping all over Russia and Poland to get to the Holy Vision on Purim. Because everybody is so broken, they want to be with the Vision. You know, you come Purim, the Tzadik. But the Vision was sitting by the table, by the Suda. It's packed with thousands of chassidim. The Vision is, head is down. He's 
not smiling, not talking to anybody, no brachas, no singing, nothing. And they, they were scared because they, they knew something's up. There was something going on that he saw. They were very afraid of what that meant. How could it be permanent sitting like that? And they didn't know what to do. They were just sitting there. Now, in, in the Rishnah's court, you know, the Rishnah lived in, in royalty. In the Rishnah's court, there was a certain tzaddik. There was a, a very famous badchan, you know, uh, like a court jester. He was a big tamachach when tzaddik. And he was, he was famous for chasna saying jokes into the Rebbe. He was, but jokes that were with Torah, you know, it's a certain art. To make simcha, the chasidim is a very, very beginning to make simcha, even if it's, even if it's not uh, a simcha shal mitzvah. Simcha, simcha. So everybody was looking to him to do something. To the, Rebbe's, the Rebbe's like out of it. So he was scared, you know, to bed. He jumped on the table right in front of the vision. The food turned over and everything. Everyone, and he was standing on the table with his feet looking down at the rabbi. And the rabbi said, "What's the matter? What are you doing?" And uh, his name is Rabbi Yitzchok. I forgot that they call him Yitzchok Krakow or something. I don't remember how they call him. This Rabbi Yitzchok is Badchen. So he said, "There's something I want to say to the rabbi." He didn't even ask permission. And everybody was looking at him, he couldn't believe this. And he said, you know, it wasn't so long ago that the Holy Rapshitsa died. But not Holy Rapshitsa was in the world when he left the world. And you know, if you were a Chalcid or not Holy Rapshitsa, it was so good in this world. And it was even great for you in the next world. You know why? Because in this world, when you went to Ramnath Holy Rapshitsa, he would sing with you, he'd give you brachas, he would give you a hug. He was happy to see you. And then even when the Rapshitz HaChasa die, he would come to the next world. Rapshitz HaChasa, he comes to the next world, and they say, who are you, what do you want, what are you doing here? So, so the Chasa says, I'm a Chasa from Rabnaptali. He says, you're from Rabnaptali. Oh, they all start to laugh. Come on. It's like a party. Let's go. Come in. I'm telling you, Rapshitz Come in. So if you're a Rapshitz HaChasa, it was good for you in this world, and it's good for you in the next world. But to be a Chasa of yours, Rabbi, it's not good in this world, and it's not good in the next world. The vision is shaking, and everybody couldn't believe he's told. They were afraid that people were starting to like run out. And he said, in this world, people are broken. People risk their lives to come schlepping a thousand miles by foot to be with Purim by the vision, to be with you, Rebbe. Not a smile, not a book, not a good word, nothing. Garnish. So what do we have in this world? So what's going to happen? Come to the next world, they can say, who are you? Some vision of us. No, it was a Mershar, depressed. They don't like depression in the other world. So what do we have from you in this world? And we only have from you in another world. So the vision started screaming and shaking his, his, his legs. And he said, so I never asked you to come to me. And he started to yell at all the chassidim. I never asked any of you to come to me. You could go. I don't want you. I don't want any chassidim. I don't need any chassidim. And then they all could leave. And then he starts to scream Yisrael. Now he, he says, well, so why don't you go? Leave me. It's not good here. It's not good there. Then leave me. So the, the comedian Yitzhak sits, sits on the table looking at the rabbi in the face. And I try to picture that. Sitting like in the stuffed cabbage, you know. <laughs> looking at the rabbi in the face. And he says, Rabbi, I can't leave you. And the rabbi screamed at him, why can't you leave me? It's not good with me. He says, Rabbi, I can't leave you. Because you're the truth. I don't care. About this world, about the next world, I'll never leave you. And the Rebbe closed his eyes. And he was thinking. And then he took a glass of wine and he said, L'chaim, L'chaim, L'chaim. And then never had such a simcha spurum at that point. The simcha. And he told him that. that that this broke through, that there was a terrible Xavier that was hanging over the Jews in Europe, and that this broke through. Never ever to let go. At the end of the day, we don't. And that's what we're seeing now. We don't. We don't let go of each other, and we don't let go of him. When it comes down to it, we're in this together forever. And that's why, even though it's a terrible parish that we've lived through, that we're watching, we've seen, 
that there's never ever been a more beautiful parasha than the one we're in right now. And it's the end. It's the end. It's the end and it's the beginning. It will be the end of our enemies, the beginning of the Gula of Am every one of us. To be together in Yerushalayim, to celebrate, to be by that Simchas Purim of Gashbohu, that connects us to all the Gula of Amikas, and everyone in